Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Where would we be if it weren't for God? Seriously, everybody think just a minute. Where in the world would you be? Where would you be if God had not uh, gotten a hold of you? Seriously, where would you be? I don't know if I'd be here. And I'm not even joking. Man, God's got such big plans for everybody. Purposes. You know, I'm preparing, you know, I'm going to Chile, and, and all those of you that's been given to that fund, I really appreciate it. You know, uh, God does great things when we go there, and uh, the opportunity to go and to minister and to sow into somebody else's church leaders is a huge blessing for me. You know, God taught me a lot of things when I was with the Garbers and how to support a pastor and, and what to do and gave me opportunity to sow seeds. And You know, I'm just so grateful that we get to take things that we've learned and things that God's given me revelation of in the Word when it comes to where they need to get to and how they need to get to their place. And when we do that, that God's got such uh, an abundance of things for them when they finally get there. You know, have you ever just been around somebody that no matter what they do, they just kind of wander around in life and they just never find their place? Are they not some of the most frustrated people you've ever seen? They are. I know until I got in mine, you know, years ago, and until I just started saying yes to God and doing it God's way, I was a frustrated person. But you know what? God has so much more for you. Are you here? See, you know, we've been talking a lot. You know, we talked to to Becky about it, you know, talking about this uh, HBR group, you know, the 50-plus group. God never gets through with you. Never. They ne- God just never gets through with you. You know, you look at the Shingletons. They left here, but they're doing stuff down in Florida. The call never goes away. And it's not just a five-fold ministry call that never goes away. What you're called to do never goes away. What your place in the body is never goes away. Why? Because you are a supply. See, it takes all of us to do what we're supposed to do here. You know, and I was listening, I've been listening uh, lately a lot of Brother Keith Moore. If you've not listened to him, he's just, he's been around for a while. He's, he is an excellent teacher of the gospel. And there's just things, he does a lot of series, and you can get all his stuff on his website for free. So you can go down, you can download it, you can listen to it. It's just really good stuff. But uh, I've been listening to him about some things, you know, as I'm preparing sermons to go to uh, Chile, you know. And one of the things that the Lord has really... Um, placed on my heart just as a whole and part of my call is helping people get in their place, helping people get in their grace, helping people recognize what that is, helping people, uh, once they get there, cheering them on to get done. You know, I've told the story already and y'all have heard it. I was a cheerleader when I was a kid and and I was just all about winning and, and I was one to encourage and to Uh, help, you know, when I was a cheerleader, I understood, I told y'all this already, but I understood the game and I understood what they were supposed to do and the players on those positions and I just encouraged them to be winners. I saw them different than sometimes they saw their self. And, you know, that's a grace for me. I didn't just get up one day and decide to be that way. Are you here? I just didn't get up and say, you know what, I'm just going to be an encourager today. No, that came in the package when my mom conceived me in her womb. See, there are things that are inside each and every one of you that's done the same way. There are graces that are birthed in you. Equipment that God downloaded in you. Well, guess what? That equipment and those graces are not for you to do what you want to do. You know, we tell this, and I'll tell the youth this, and I'll tell youth parents this. It's one thing, I think, that you can become just anything. You know, if you all get down to it, sky's the limit. But in all reality, you got to become what God said you got to become. you got to go to what God called you to be. You can't be just what you want to be. 
Now, are there people that do it all the time? You see people, we got four universities here. We got a campus is full of kids that were naturally given over to certain things and they think, well, I'm going to go do this. But do you know how many kids I know and some of them out of my oldest son's class that they went and got a degree and uh, guess what? They ain't doing one thing with that degree. Nothing against degrees. But what I'm saying is they just went and got something that what? Was going to make money. Well, I could go do this because I'm going to do, I'm going to make money to do this. And I'm going to go do this because I'm going to make money to do that. And some of them, they were not taught to ask God what they're supposed to do. Some of them were not taught to follow their strengths and where they seem to be naturally gifted at to pursue what they were supposed to do. We watched, uh, how many of y'all seen American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story? Have you seen it? If you hadn't seen that movie, if you hadn't seen that movie, that's an excellent movie. It is excellent. And uh, it's a good family, safe movie. I mean, there, I may think maybe a couple things in it. Not, nothing, I don't think, really harsh words than I can remember. But the moral of the story is, is that he was made to do what he was doing. And he knew it, but he didn't know how to get there. And he was so frustrated trying to get there. And he was looking at doing something else. And then God just supernaturally, when he, he cried out to God one day, and God just started supernaturally making ways for him to get across the right people. And what he didn't know was some of the path that he took that he thought was just kind of off, and he, but he just thought, this is what I need to do to, to be able to feed my family. And he did, and then God just supernaturally brought him across everybody's path that ended up training him to learn how to do something in the football arena that he didn't know how to do before that was costing him to do what he needed to do. Are you with me? Basically, what happened is, if anybody knows, understands football, he's a quarterback, and he wouldn't stay in the pocket. When pressure would come, he would run. Are you here? So when pressure would come, now mind you, you better have a good offensive line. We all know that. If you ain't got an offensive line that's good, your quarterback's going to pay all day long. But the thing is, is that when it would least a bit of pressure would come, he would move out of the pocket and he would run. And he was told that, look, if the, only way, the only reason you've not been doing what you're supposed to be doing is when that pressure comes, you won't stay in the pocket. And then you try to make something else happen and it falls apart. He said, that's how come he hadn't played for four years. It's because he wouldn't do what was necessary when he needed to do it. So what did he do? He got an opportunity. He goes and he gets in this, uh, in this uh, what's called arena football. It's not around anymore, but I remember when it came out many years ago. Some of you may. But he had to learn how to stay in the pocket. And he told the coach, he said, I'm going to learn how. Well, do you know what? Every time that he would do practice in this movie and he would step back and he would not immediately throw, the, the defensive line would come across the line and they would pummel him. And guess what? The coach says, do it again. He kept going, doing the same thing over and over and over, and it cost him until one day he wised up and realized that if he didn't take the steps necessary and just step back and stay in the pocket and throw, and once he did, he became success. Ended up moving back to the NFL from arena football and became the MVP and won a uh, Super Bowl. But, you know, it's not, it's not about Kurt Warner today. But the thing about it is, is that he had a path, he had natural ability, but when he gave it over to God and said, God, I need to know how to do this, I don't know what to do. God set him on a course when he yielded himself and put him exactly where he needed to be across the path of the people he needed to be across and he put him right in the right place at the right time. That's a little extra. That's not my scripture. But it's true. All of you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. Miss Sharon, I'm sorry I didn't leave you my scriptures this morning. 12 verses 12 through 14, King James Version. You know, we've talked about before, you know, I, I did a sermon not long after I got here, if y'all remember, and we talked about grace in your place, checking up and seeing if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're connected in the right place in the body here, and make sure that you're where you're supposed to be. You know, God talks about the body uh, in, in this chapter we're getting ready to read, and, and there's a thing to it naturally, and there's a thing to it spiritually. So it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, 
being many, are one body, as so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Look at verse 18 in the King James. It said, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased Him. See, God did that. You notice that the members of the body didn't choose what they wanted to be and set themselves. God set them, God set them right? So, what if we did it from a natural standpoint? And what if we said all of us in here that most of us wanted to be the eye? Just naturally speaking. What would that look like? We'd be one big honking eye. Are y'all with me? Wouldn't, would that not be the weirdest ever you saw? Wouldn't it? If you just had one big eye, huge old eyelashes, and that's all you saw and we were just one big eye. Well, guess what we would only do? What would we do? See. Okay. So what if we all wanted just to be the ear and we's one big honking ear? Whose ear are we going to choose? Because everybody's ears looks different. What if we all decided that we're going to be the, the ear? What all would all of us do? Only? What if we decided that we all wanted, if, if the hands, if your hands decided they wanted to be your feet, what would that look like? Do you know that the hands cannot, was not made to carry the weight that the feet carry? Not made to carry it. You'd break bones. There'd be all kinds of things. Even though there's little bones in all your hands and there are in your feet, God structured our feet in order to carry the weight. So if, we're all, if all of us are, are we're wanting to take our hands and we wanted them to be our feet it would cause trouble for us, right? So, let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. Y'all okay this morning? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. It says, For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. So everybody has a gift of God. Okay? Every gift is different. Every, there's, you can all, you can be an administrator and every administration part of you could be different than the administrator next to you. There's just strengths and differences. How he makes this so intricate, I don't even know. How he makes our gifts and graces that, you know, you could, if you wanted to categorize them, you know, all admin people get in this, you know, all math people get in this, all, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there could be lines, but I guarantee from this person to that person to that person, it's going to be different every single time. Are you with me? It's just going to be different, but just because you're different, because your personality does add a little something. So let's talk about what, about grace. How many of you have heard that grace is called unmerited favor? God's unmerited favor. Have you heard that? But there's another definition I want to talk about today. Grace is divine influence. There is a grace to us. The Bible talks about a grace to us. You know what? The grace to us, what? Gets you saved? The grace to us gets you healed. The grace to us gets you uh, uh, free, whole, well, safe, all of that, right? But there is a grace in us from God to every single person in this room. So let's look at this definition of it. Grace, the grace of God gives us the influence and ability to be and do who God called us to be. Say it again. The grace of God gives us the influence and ability to be and do all that God has called us to be. Say it again. The grace of God 
gives us the influence and ability to be and do all that God has called us to be. See, that grace in us is beyond us. You just didn't make it up on your own. And like I said earlier, I just didn't get up one day and decide I was going to be the way that I am. There were gifts and graces that were in me from when I was born. Same for you. Like, for instance, my mom is musical. And uh, I had some other musical family, but my mom was probably the most prominent. But you know, I just didn't get up one day and just decide I was going to sing. I didn't get up and say, you know, I just think I'm going to sing one day. It came natural for me. I started singing at six years old. And I remember the first time I ever sang, and I sang in the Baptist church that I was growing up in, and I sang uh, a song in that church for the first time at six years old. But then after that, it, it wasn't hard for me to not just hear the melody of a song. I could hear harmony of a song. Well, you know what? I developed it because... It was easy for me to do. And I, I mean, I went to college. I sang in college. And uh, I would sing, you know, a part of the groups that we'd have to do. And I'd have to carry my harmony part. But my, I don't even know how to explain how it is. And I know some of you, you just think about gifts and graces that you have. I cannot tell you how my ear is trained to hear harmony. I cannot explain that at all. But I can. It's natural. When, we, when they sing a song, I do what Miss Char's doing. I sing alto, because why? That is a natural part for me to sing. And I'm sure if I ask her, alto is probably a natural part. That's the part she hears. Why? Because that's part of her grace. It's natural. She had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. Rebecca has nothing to do with singing lead or whoever sings lead or whoever. You know, I know you can train to play piano and you can train to play drums. But, you know, you, you get around people and you realize that there's grace for people to do those things. It's like they used to talk about Pastor Rhonda's mom, Miss Melba. I, I'm telling you right now, I used to hear her all the time. And uh, I have never seen anybody play like that. I do believe she just came out of the womb and just knew how to play. And she never took lessons. Three years old, she's a prodigy playing at the piano at three. But that came within. That didn't come, that didn't come, that grace didn't come to her. That grace was in her. So, as you know, there's some graces that you can add to. I think if you work your gift, I believe that the grace will increase. I believe if you decide you don't want to be what you are, it will not grow. I believe that if, if there's grace for you to sing, if there's grace for you to, to be a nurse, if there's grace for you to be a teacher, if there's a grace... It's, this is not just spiritual gifts. There's graces, there's parts in the body, and it's not all here, right in this little area right here. God needs all of us. And we're going to read a scripture. When I read the Amplified Version in a few minutes, it is so good how God just breaks it out and just makes it just really plain and common for us to understand. But you can do things to increase it. No different. Before I, you know, before I came, I had shared some, but I really hadn't preached and preached and preached and preached and preached like some people. But you know what? The more I preach, the better I get. Whether you know, that's a good place to say amen. That's amen, Pastor Cameron. <laughs> Just joking. But the thing is, is that the more I do it. And the more I get in front of people and the more I study the Word. But see, I can't just get up in front of people and depend upon my gift of gab. That's good. Come on. I'm a talker, natural talker. Been a talker all my life. So it's like it's, nothing, it's not uncommon for me to get up and say anything in front of somebody. It's just not. But you know what? If I depended upon that only and I never studied the Word, I never prayed, I never spent time with God to develop my preaching gift, it would fall flat every single time I got in front of anybody. Why? Because even though I have the gift of gab and I can talk to anybody, that grace to preach this gospel was in here from my mother's womb. And I have to do something to develop it. Either I recognize it and take hold of it and decide that I'm going to be it or I'm not. And it's the same for every single one of us in this room. Why do we want to be what somebody else is? 
Why do we want to, why do, I have this question. And I mean, why do people look at this right here? And they stand back here and they do this and it's like, oh, why do they do that? Why do people think that this is the most glorious place to be? Because it's in front of people? God does not look at this any different than He looks at somebody that goes and takes care of the children downstairs or the nursery upstairs or the preschool upstairs or the person that cleans the church. The church has done that to this. And the whole thing about it is, is I can't do this without Him. This is not a me. See, we have to recognize that God put stuff in there. Why did He choose you to do what you're doing? Why did He choose me? I can't give that answer. Only thing I can say is, yes, God, I'll do that. Yes, God, I'll obey you. Yes, God, I'll study. Yes, God, I'll pray. Yes, God, I'll say this when you tell me to. Yes, God, I'll, I'll obey the Spirit of God at the promptings in a service when you tell me to. Or, huh. ooh, that's pretty hard, God. Ooh. If, um, or I could just decide not to do it and just be selfish. Did you hear me? Or I could decide not to do what I'm supposed to be doing. What? Be selfish. Because that's really what it comes down to. That I would be choosing myself over somebody else if I don't obey. See, this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with pastor. This has to do with the internal grace of God on the inside to obey what the Holy Ghost says do, and that is preach the gospel. So my question to you is, what's yours? Where's your place? Do you know? Do you ask? You know, sometimes I think we, we get, and I've been in this position, so no, I'm not throwing stones and no harm, no foul. But I've been in a place before where I was not wanting to hear. I wanted to do my own thing. Go my own way. And guess what? It cost me. You know, my son, I, you know, I've talked about him quite a bit, my oldest son. And, uh, and I've told you about, you know, he works with children every Sunday. He works in children's church uh, with Pastor Deanna at Cornerstone. And y'all, there is just, it is, I've, I'll be honest, and it's not just because he's mine. His anointing with kids is, and, and grace with kids is one of the most tangible things I've ever seen. It's crazy good. But you know what? He didn't have a thing to do with that. You know what? His grace is different than mine. I've told you, I love you kids. But I'm not called to work in children all the time. And I gave birth to him. And his, he's, got, he's got enough grace for more than one person. It's evident. It's natural. And he's developed it. But at the same time, there's other gifts and graces in there he's got to get to. That's good. Yeah. But the thing is, is that one time in his life, he didn't want to do children. And I'm just going to tell you right now, my kid was miserable. He was irritated. He was aggravated. He was mad. He just could not be nice. He was frustrated, 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 and frustrated. And I'm telling you, God was so gracious. We'd have services, and Pastor Mark would call him down, and he would tell him, just in the nicest way, Holy Ghost just calling him. Because what he was doing, see, he was working with youth at the time. And uh, the Lord kept dealing with him, you need to stop doing youth, and you need to move over to children's church. And he didn't want to do it. And God would call him out, and not to embarrass him, but just to simply just encourage him, you just need to take another step, Noah. Just come on. You just need to obey the Holy Ghost. And that, those kind of words is what he'd get. And, you know, and Pastor Mark would pray for him, lay hands on him. 
And I'd watch him. He'd walk off, and you could tell that struggle and that stuff going on, and it was just all the way around him. And he would just be, he'd be like, okay. And I'm like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, yay, God. Just just get him, God. You know, because I wanted him to get in his place so bad because I could see it. It was evidence to evident to everybody around him but him. He wasn't connecting the ease of, of how it was and ideas out of nowhere of how to do class and how to take up offering and, and what to make it fun and what to say to kids and not to say to kids. And then one day, he went in and he just finally said, you know what? I'm going to quit doing youth and I'm going to move over to children's church. I said, you don't say. But you know what? When he did, wow. And now he's getting ready to hit another transition part. God's dealing and stirring. Why? Because he's been developing that gift and he's been faithful over the gift and over the grace that God put in him. And he goes in the classroom and he uses it and he does exactly what God says he's done. And now God's, what? God, it has built up a trust that God can give him something He's been faithful over that talent that he had. He's been faithful over the talent. He didn't take it and he buried it like, you know, the parable talks about. He didn't do that. He didn't do anything but say, okay, God, I'm finally giving in to you and this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so here you go. And once he did it, God started multiplying it and increasing it to where our, our uh, children's pastor there, her husband got really sick and passed away last year and she had to miss some. Well, guess who they went to to do class? But see, if he had not obeyed way back before and just stayed stubborn and stiff-necked, that's what the Bible calls it, if he'd have stayed like that, he would have never got in the place for God to be able to use him and God to be able to fill a space that needed to be filled because God knew what was coming. But you know what? He did. He stepped in, and he was faithful, and he no complaining, just did what he was supposed to do. But guess what? Now he's calling. He's like, Mama. He said, I've been praying over some things, and he was in the Word, studying the Word. Now listen, <clears throat> you've got to have the Word as a foundation in order to know your direction. The Word tells you what the Word is. It is a What? A light and a lamp. If you don't stay in this and you don't get your direction from this and you don't stay in the foundation of this, you're not going to have no light to go nowhere. So he took, he's been getting in the Word. And listen, I'm not, I'm not setting him up to, you know, praise him. I'm just trying to give you an example because it's, it's something that I can relate to of, to give you an example of how it's churning things. So now he's still, he's in the Word. He called, me other, he called me and I couldn't answer. And I called him back and said, what you doing? He said, I'm reading the Bible. And he said, I'm studying. He said, I'm reading Jesus' words right now. And John, I said, awesome. And so he starts talking and he says, Mama, he said, I just got some things. He said, I don't know what to do about. God's telling me to do some things. He said, I don't know how to do it with all I'm doing right now. And I suggested, I said, go see your pastor. He's your spiritual father on top of that, but go see your pastor. Tell him what you're telling. I said, keep staying before in the Word and before God. I said, but just go see him and share it with him. But see, the thing about it is, is that where he's headed next all came because he yielded to the grace in him that's naturally been there. And the grace that he has to have with kids is not going anywhere. He'll be able to work with kids anytime God asks him to. But at the same time, there's other gifts and graces. It don't mean you just have one. He has multiple things in there because in all reality, he's eventually supposed to pastor. So now God is rearranging him and saying, you need to go volunteer here and you need to go volunteer there. Why? He's, he's, God is taking graces in him to pastor and he's waking things up and he's moving things around and he's paying attention to where he needs to be to volunteer to do this or to do that because then he'll have knowledge of those things. Equipment. That's all it is. It's download, 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 download. But see, God wants to do us the same way. 
But if we stay in a position that we just say, well, you know what, this is what I have always done, this is the way it's always been, this is what I've always thought it should be, we'll miss God and we'll never get to where we're supposed to be. He does not want that for us. He don't. We've already talked about we know we can't take, great, take credit for the grace, right? We can't take credit for anything that God does. So it says, let's see, let's see. It says, we are called to be what we cannot do on our own. Isn't that something? God gives you something, and in all reality, you've got to have Him to get it done. I love that. I don't want to do it without Him in all honesty either. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to look at a couple things. Everybody good? We're not far. We will be done here soon. There's something I want to get to, though, that just so struck out to me, and I'm like, God, that is so amazing. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, it says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the, Christ, of the gift of Christ. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Chapter 12, we're going to start with verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 in the Amplified Version. Miss Sharon. I believe that's what I have it in. I believe that's right. Now let's go back to, uh, just go to King James first. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us, minister, let us wait on the ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. If you go back up to verse 3, it says, Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. The world would teach you that you don't need to be haughty. You know, we say that, oh, you don't need to think too high of yourself. But that's not, the Bible doesn't tell us not to think high of ourselves. It says not to think more high of ourselves than we ought to. You know, it's easy when you got graces and abilities and natural talents for you to think you're eating a bag of chips. Are you with me? Isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, we're getting ready to watch a ball game today, this afternoon, and don't you know there's some of them boys that think they're all that in a bag of chips. They think they eat. You see how they act and how they behave? That part of the game really bothers me. Because in all reality, they could not do and have the ability they have. And if it hadn't been by the grace of God to give them their talent to begin with, yes, did they develop it? Did they put the hard work in? Yes, but there had to be something there natural in order for God to even touch, to even put for when they put their training into it for them to get where they need to be. Won't take credit for themselves. It don't work that way. So... Paul even said, and I don't remember what the scripture is, but he even says that he exalts the gift in him. So that tells you that he exalts the grace and the gifts in him, right? So there is a level that's good and healthy. Just don't need to think more than you ought. So, I want to look back at verse 3. And this is one of the parts I wanted to get to because I think this is just really good. It says, where it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to what? As God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So gifts 
are given according to uh, are given according to what? The grace. Did we have anything to do with those? Did we have any say in those? Did we stand in a line and and you know our moms push a button and say this is what I want? You know, go do it at a slot machine, at uh, a vending machine, and say I want a baby and I want dot 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 dot. Did we say that? Now, do you pray over what you want your children to do when you're caring? We do. Do you pray over your children? You do. But you know what? The Bible, what did it tell us? That God puts the, the gifts in the body as it what? Pleases Him. So He placed people, you know, here with gifts and graces that are important for us to get to uh, what He needs us to get to. Not what we want to get to, not what uh, man wants us to get to, but what God's ordained. So if gifts are according to the grace, the grace gift operates according to faith. Do you hear me? Let's say it again. So the gifts are according to the grace. But the grace gift, the, the grace in you, the gift that's in you, operates according to faith. Because it says on in there, if you go to the next, the next verse, is it, chapter, is it verse 6? It talks about prophesying. Any believer can prophesy. Meaning, if you spend time in prayer and you pray in the Holy Ghost, you can be inspired to pray out words and to prophesy, right? It says you can. But there are people that have a grace that I believe that God uses supernaturally in services. I've seen it. You know how people are used to give tongues and interpretation? Have you ever seen couples like that? You know, uh, one of the greatest examples I ever think was Bud and Pat uh, Harrison. Brother Hagen's daughter and brother and uh, his son-in-law. They flowed like that a lot. He could give a tongue or vice versa. Them not look at each other. And the, the motions and the stuff that would happen, the other one would do it and do it just like them and not even see what was happening. They're, the way that God used them in that was amazing. So there is a difference. But what? You know, I, I, can, I can liken it to this. I remember when, um, when we picked up Dr. Mary Francis in March... Uh, first time I had ever met her like that. I had always been service of food to her when she would come to Cornerstone. I didn't know her really personally until till then. And, um, and so we had gotten her, we uh, got in the truck, we, we took her to Cracker Barrel, which, by the way, is one of her favorite places. And so she went to Cracker Barrel, so we went and got her vegetables, you know, and, and we're just visiting, and we're, just, we're just, just generally talking. And we get back in the truck, and... Uh, and so we're just talking about how her services have been going. And, and, you know, if you've been in Dr. Mary Francis' services, I mean, she's just now come to the point that she's starting to lay hands on people regular. She don't do that normally. She usually speaks and says out what God says and, you know, commands things and speaks things. Y'all been in her meetings. That's kind of how it usually goes. And now she's starting to where the Lord's having her doing some impartations, which is really amazing. But... Um, we were just talking about that, and I was telling her, we was talking about Ann Durant. How many of you know Ann? Ann and Kevin's been here. And uh, Ann is doing services, um, uh, healing services. She's been having, like, uh, where she goes to churches and she ministers the Word, and then she's been having supernatural things happen in her services uh, of miracles and signs and wonders, people getting healed, standing in line, people getting healed in their chair. I mean, it's just been really good. And she was coming to Cornerstone, like, every three months. To do those, Pastor Mark and Rhonda were the first to have her in to start helping her host these type meetings. And so, but Ann lays hands on everybody. That's how her administration gift works. When, the, when she would get things, uh, she would do it as people would come up in line and she would lay hands on people. So Pastor, um, uh, Dr. Mary Francis and I were talking about the different differences in the gifts how she does it and how Ann does it. And, and Dr. Mary Francis was just saying, yes, you know, I don't, uh, I don't do it that way. This is how I do it. And she, she turned around and she says, well, Pastor Kimberly, she says, how do you do it? I was like, uh, 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 I, I was honest. I said, well, Dr. Mary Francis, I don't know. I hadn't been doing it. I've not done it in the office I mean, I've ministered to people out places, but as far as the ministry gift of a pastor, I say, I, I don't know. And I says, but I can tell you this. 
And so I started sharing with her something that the Lord gave me one night when he laid me out on the floor for about 45 minutes underneath the stairs at Cornerstone Word of Life Church in a, in a Holy Ghost service and started talking to me and he gave me a vision. And he had, I mean, I was out. Pastor Belinda had prayed for me and I was out. And he had showed me, me preaching the gospel in this vision that under, when I was under these stairs. Now, I tried to get up out of the floor, y'all. I couldn't get out of the floor for 45 minutes. Every time I tried to get up, he would it was like a reel. And he would put it back on the reel. And I would see that reel all over again. And I'd just be a puddle all in the floor all over again. And I just could not get myself together to get up out of the floor. And, uh, but what I saw myself doing was preaching the gospel, laying hands on people, and people, you know, falling out underneath the power, getting their healing or whatever. And I said, well, this is all I know to tell you. And I said, I just believe that it's, uh, this is the way it'll operate. As I do it and as I grow in it, this is the way it'll go. And I says, but one thing I do believe, and I, I do believe this. I said, I have been sitting underneath my pastors for 26 years. And I said, I believe that the grace and the gifts that's been on them for 26 years, it's going to trickle down and it's on me now. I have caught what's on them. I said, I have caught everything that they do. My pastor is a believer of the doctrine of laying on of hands. I, I believe, you know, if you're going to stand still long enough, I'll lay hands on you. That's just the way I like. I like to do that. I like to lay hands on folk. I believe there's something about the connection when you lay hands. A believer lays hands on another believer. There's, there's power in that. But I also believe in the preaching of the Word. And I believe you've got to have the foundation of that. It's not just going and laying hands on folk. You've got to have a foundation of the, of the gospel. And so I started just sharing, just like I'm sharing with you. And I said, this is just kind of how I see it. And I said, they believe that. And I said, and I believe that I'll flow just like he flows. He, God sent me there to get trained and equipped up underneath Mark Garver. And so since I'm being trained and equipped up underneath Mark Garver, then I'm going to carry what Mark Garver carries. So she was like, okay. So we just go on. And I'm thinking, oh, I got, I mean, I have to be honest. I was a little nervous, you know. Because I didn't want to say, say anything in front of the prophet, you know. And I didn't want to give away anything because she flows in the gifts and you don't ever want to hinder. We don't talk about when she comes, or any minister for that matter, we don't talk about church folk, just so y'all know. We don't do that because we want God to be able to have full course to be able to do whatever he wants to do in your lives. And so we don't go and tell nothing that's going on with nobody. The Holy Ghost does. So th things happen when ministers come. It's the Holy Ghost. It is not Pastor and I, Okay. So the next, so the, that was on Saturday, and so the next morning we go to get her for church. And I'm sitting in the back, and uh, I go upstairs, and I get her, and I bring her down, and I come around and get in, and J.C. opens her door and helps her into the car. And so while he's coming around to the other side, she's sitting in the seat, and she turns around, and she said, she kind of looks back at me like this. She said, Pastor Kimberly, and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Pastor Mark prophesies too. I went, what? <laughs> Did you just tell? I knew what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. Are you here? And in me, I was like, oh my gosh, God. I don't know how to do that. I ain't done that before. What are you telling me? I was freaking out. Freaking out. But you know what? <laughs> we have been together, Pastor and I have just been riding. Riding around, going wherever we're going, just praying, just the two of us. And God's had me prophesy in our prayer time. Just, to, you know, developing... Why? Because that's grace for me. We were here for camp meeting. The Smiths were here. They started a church in Indianapolis. A couple that came from Raymond. Y'all remember them? They were the African-American couple that came and they had the three, four kids. They had four kids, don't they? Just sweet, sweet couple. We just love them. And uh, we were here and they were leading, they were leading prayer. Carol, uh, and we, I had gone down to take something down to the elementary school. And, uh, and so uh, we came in and, and Pastor Carol Joy said, can we pray for you and pastor? He said, we believe we're supposed to pray for you. So he and I came in, we come up here and stood and they all got around us and they just prayed. The Smiths were around us, kids and all. 
Now, y'all, I just came in to get prayer. I was still working. I was going back. You know, well, no, I was actually taking off. But I was going back, had some other things to do before we could get to service. And, um, and so I was just trying to get finished so I could have a few minutes to sit down, take a load off, you know, before we had service that evening. And uh, I was standing right here. And they prayed for us. And I turned around. And just like that, I knew I was supposed to turn around and tell the Smith something. I was like, what, God? I mean, I'll be honest, shaking in my shoes. I was like, what if I'm wrong? What if I say something I ain't supposed to say? But you know what? When I turned around and I obeyed it, and I, I, I'm just tell, I can't even explain it. And the reason I'm telling you this is not anything to bring glory to me at all is to tell you that as you recognize where you're supposed to be, and as you just say yes to God of where you're supposed to be, you're going to find yourself just stepping out, and He's going to tell you what to do. And if you'll just obey it, He'll lay it out every single step of how you're supposed to do it. All I knew is I was supposed to say one word, and that's the only thing I had. And as soon as I said it, the rest came. Prayer last Sunday night. Was it last Sunday night? Two Sunday nights. Same thing. We're just in here enjoying corporate prayer. And I'm leading corporate prayer, you know, and checking, Lord, how do I shut it down? How do I shut it down? The Lord said, call the breeds down here. I'm like, what do you want the breeds down here for? I mean, I'm serious now. I'm just in, I'm being real in me. I'm like, I don't understand. He said, then you're going to prophesy to them. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even, again, I don't know what to say. But you know what? What I'm finding is exactly just like this. There's grace for me to do that. And as I add faith to it, I have to do it by faith. I can't do it by my own natural thinking. If I do it by my own natural thinking, it's going to fall flat and it is not going to work. So I stepped over and told them, Said some things to them, said some things to Max. Almost sang some of it. Yeah. And then my husband and I get done, and he said, you should have just stepped over into that and should have just sang it. It's true. That's good. But you know what? That's going to take faith for me to do. Thank you. Thank you. It, why? What did I tell you? I sang all my life. But to do it in that kind of setting and to do it the way God wants it done, it takes faith for me to step over into the grace So what is it you're supposed to be doing? What part of the body are you? What is it you've been arguing with God about all this time and just saying, and I know we've done a sermon similar to this, but it's just, I think it's just important because God is rearranging us and positioning us for the greater. Faith outreach for the greater. Wonder some of you just going to say, yes, God, I'll do it your way. I'm tired of running my own life. That's what we're doing. That's really what we're doing. We're running our own life and doing our own journey, and then we want God to bless it, and it does not work that way. See, you've got to recognize your grace and then use faith to get it done. It takes faith. It takes faith for everything See, I have, to, I have to tell myself. Y'all may wonder why I pray what I pray when I get ready to preach, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me for He has anointed me. Why am I doing that? Because that's what the Word says about me. I am exercising my faith in the Word of God to believe that He'll, because I, I recognize it and I know it's true, and I'll speak and say I have wide doors of utterance. Why do I do that? I'm exercising my faith to activate the grace Are you here? I'm using my faith to activate the grace. When I was listening to Brother Keith and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, God, that is so good. You know, last time I ministered, you know, I talked about the same thing. And what did I talk about? That you had grace to love people. That means that if you'll fill yourself with the word, meditate on scriptures about loving folk, and about love, period. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Meditate that love, that love chapter. 
If you'll do that and you'll say, God, by faith, I'm going to be this way. And if you'll do that, then when you get around people and they're in bad situations and they're not, they've got mess going on in their life, you'll be able to take your faith by according to the word, according to 1 Corinthians 13, and activate the grace that you have to walk in love and to be loving and compassionate to somebody. See, there's nothing wrong with you feeling like you're good at something. That is okay. Unless you get a big head and you want to come in here with it and you can't get through the door. <laughs> I went to school with some kids like that. But you know what? If we'll start changing the way we see ourselves and start lining up with the way God sees us, He sees you graced and anointed. He sees you in your proper place. He sees you being effective. He sees you answering and saying yes to Him. When everybody else, I don't care if your whole family has told you you were worth nothing, those words, you're going to have to cast them out. And you're just going to say, I am not believing that. My Father says. His word is be all. This is final. Not man's opinion. That's one of the things I do like about Jalen Hurts. He said, I had purpose before all of you had an opinion. I was like, ooh, that's really good. It's a, you know, he's a football guy, and he's, I believe he's born again, and he does a lot of you know, volunteer stuff and gives money to organizations or whatever. But I thought, you have to have that mentality. You have a purpose before anybody else has an opinion about you. You have a purpose and you have God's opinion about you. 